Hello, hello, everybody. Welcome to No Show Click Moments. I'm your co-host, Rumi. And I'm your other co-host, B. This is our Supernatural Watchcast, in which we are going through Supernatural Season 1. And today we're talking about Episode 12. Yeah, it's just called Episode 12. We don't know what the title is. Okay, B. It it doesn't bring any sort of emotional feelings to yeah. Mm-mm. Oh 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 yeah yeah yeah. When I saw when I see you know episode twelve, you know it's just episode twelve, right? Right. Yeah. Nothing really major happens in this. There's no really formative character moments or like <sighs> foreboding feelings of what's to come. Nope. It's just an episode. It's just a monster of the week. Yeah. Exactly. No nostalgia. No. Literally a monster of the week that like causes me internal paralysis. <laughs> but it's fine. We're here. Episode 12, Faith. Episode 12, Faith. Let's uh let's hear the synopsis and the writer and the director and all yeah. that good stuff. What are we getting into? Episode 12 was written by Sarah Gamble and Rael Tucker back from Dead in the Water, episode 3. Mm-hmm. You know, episode 3, episode 12, all these things that are happening yeah. in the 12th... character beats. <laughs> the 12th episode of the series. It's fine. Oh, my God. Yeah. It's fine. They, they do this in the 12th episode. Mm-hmm. What do they do? Well, who does it? Who 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 done it? Um, so it was directed by Alan uh, Croker, and this is Alan's only episode of Supernatural that he has directed, had a hand in. So we just came in, mic dropped, and then left. Golf clap for Alan Croker. <laughs> and. Oh, no. The original air date for the episode was January 17th, 2006. Okay. Mm -hmm. And what is this episode about? The synopsis for this episode reads, While battling a demon... uh, Okay. Okay. (laughs) Dean is electrocuted. (laughs) resulting in permanent damage to his heart and leaving him with only a couple of months to live. A despondent Sam searches desperately for a way to save his brother and believes he may have found an answer through a preacher who claims to heal the incurable. However, Sam and Dean discover that the preacher is getting help from the grim reaper who is trading one life for another he feels is less worthy. Okay, we're <laughs> we're close. We're not quite what the episode had, but the spirit is there. Exactly. He's a little confused, but he's got he's got the spirit. <laughs> well, yeah. Mm-hmm. And and where we open this episode is uh, with a rawhead hunt, right, B? Yeah, in media res, an indeterminate location, but. Sam and Dean are at the back of the Impala prepping tasers to fight this raw head. 
And they go into this dilapidated house down in the basement, weapons raised, and they find two missing kids and are kind of protecting them as they rush from the basement upstairs. But that protection doesn't last very long because the raw head grabs Sam and kind of makes him take a tumble down the stairs. Right. As they are outside the house getting their gear together, Dean says, okay, so we have these tasers. You only have one shot, so make it count. And they weren't sure uh, where the monster was, but they did find the children. And as they are trying to exit the basement, uh, the creature catches Sam's ankle sitting him on a tumble and Dean takes a shot, but he misses. Yeah. So with that taser non-functional, um, Sam tosses Dean his own. Um, Dean urges him up the stairs, you know, make sure the kids get out of here safe. And then he's going to go one versus one against this raw head still lurking in the dark. Right. Uh, the raw head is concealing himself once again and uh as dean is trying to case the basement the best he can the raw head does get the drop on him yep it pushes him to the ground and there is a bunch of standing water around in this basement and dean has to kind of struggle through it to reach where his taser has flown off to and then as the rawhide approaches him, I called it rawhide. <laughs> as the rawhead approaches him, it steps into the water. Dean lets loose this taser and a hundred thousand volts passes through the rawhead, through the water and into Dean as well. Yeah. We get those fantastic 2006 special effects where... Yep. We, we see the electrocution uh, go through Dean and he passes out unconscious. The raw head is smoked, but Sam cannot get Dean to, um, to wake in from his stupor. Yep. Dean is very non-responsive in the corner in the puddle. <laughs> Rip. Rip. So we cut to a hospital. And wait, Sam... wait, wait. Before we, before okay, we okay. move on. Because, okay, so I, I always find this so fucking funny. Because we have this episode where, like, we're hunting a raw head. And then it's never mentioned again throughout the entire 15-season yeah. <laughs> series of Supernatural. This creature that's a raw head. We don't, get, we don't get a exposition dump. We are truly in media res, as you said. Um, and we have this creature that we had never heard of before. And honestly, we'll never hear of hints. Um, and I love it so much because this is just one of those things that fandom has taken and run with it. It's always like, Hey, you're talking about what's the, what's the monster of the week? You got your little grab bag of, is it a, mm -hmm. a, a, a chupabara? Is it a, uh, that was a nicely made up one there, Remy. I know. I couldn't remember what it is. Shut up. Chupacabra? <laughs> Chupacabra. You were being, uh, what's his name? Catch there for oh a moment. Oh, my God. <laughs> I 
just took a run at it. I'm sorry, V. I'm it's sorry, okay. everyone. It's okay. You you biffed her, but you got back up. <laughs> is it is it a Wendigo? Is it a werewolf? Is it a Vidala? Uh Rawhead was just one of those ones that you see a lot of um in in fan fiction. And I love mm-hmm. it so much because it's just like this this one of these little lore tidbits that we just dropped in season one and fandom took it and ran with it. Yeah, it's kind of fun to have just a monster here and it's like, mm, you fill in the colors here. You connect the dots. You do as you wish because all we're putting out here is that electrocuting it is like an effective way of bringing it down. I'm not even convinced it would kill it because again, we have taser. I don't care how many volts you're throwing at it. It's the amperage that kills and tasers do not have the amperage to do this, <laughs> but Okay. Well, it's like a Wendigo, right? And the only way to kill it, bullets don't matter. The only way to kill it is to set it on fire. So, But I would believe fire would kill something. Because <laughs> if you set me on fire, it would kill me too. Now, if you tased me while I was standing in water, I'm not convinced that would kill me. Again, because it's the amperage, baby, not the volts. Well. In my head? Because, again, they gave us nothing. I'm like, they (laughs) knock it out with the electrocution. And so Sam now has to, like, decapitate it or something. Yeah, yeah. On the way to, on the way to taking Dean to the hospital. Yeah, he's like, God damn it. (laughs) This is too scary as it is. And I do wonder because, so Dean's out. Dean needs immediate medical attention. And... Um, unless the raw head, uh, I don't know, melted like a spirit mm-hmm. and just, just poofed into dust, then does Sam just have this like body to take care of in between, in between, you know, 911 calls? I mean, technically he probably does, but at the same time, he's like, this is a dilapidated area. If I've maybe decapitated this, maybe all I have to do is, you know, get rid of the head because everyone will look at the body and just be like, well, this is fucking weird. (laughs) Again, no lore around this thing. Well, well, hey, this is just the intro because the juicy bits come, the real hook comes next. Yeah, because it's episode 12, and surprise, Dean's dying. <laughs> oh, so Sam is at a hospital talking to a nurse that looks kind of familiar, doesn't she, Be Yeah, she's slightly familiar. I mean, my first, I was like, is it Tessa already? And then I was like, idiot, it's Hannah. <laughs> I found this so funny because I didn't know to expect Hannah here and Mm -hmm. I am watching the episode I'm taking my notes and you hear her before you see her as Sam is talking to this unnamed nurse and I just like my fucking hindbrain perked up so hard (laughs) right uh to hear hannah's voice here and then uh and then there she is i had the same reaction just because i knew she was in a season one episode 
but it was the Striga episode that I was familiar with her in. You know, she plays a mom in episode 18. Mm-hmm. So to see her now, it was just one of those delighted, oh my gosh, they reused her again. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So that, I, thought, I thought that was fun, but... Um... Mm-hmm. But yeah, Sam um, is dealing with uh, the hospital um, paperwork and speaking with the police and waiting on word from the doctor who does come to um, offer his sympathies because the uh, electricity triggered a massive heart attack and Dean's heart is too damaged to it's damaged beyond repair and the only thing that the doctors can do is make him comfortable because they really just estimate that he has a couple of weeks to live yeah and i'm like gray's anatomy has prepared me for an organ transplant oh no 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 be be heart transplants don't exist in 2006 no, I mean, it's pretty slipshod. I mean, can Mr. Berkowitz on their hospital insurance card pay for this? Who knows? <laughs> and, and, you know, you know that sounds fake, but I don't know enough about heart surgery to, to, to say one way or the other. So maybe heart transplants don't exist in 2006. I, I'm like, again, putting on my Grey's Anatomy hat, I'm like, <laughs> Danny Duquette. <laughs> Season two. <laughs> It sounds like something that they just probably won't have time for, that you can bump them to the top of the list, but your odds of finding a donor that matches in the time frame that Dean has left, it's no bueno. So they're kind of prepping you for the worst. And Jared, oh my God, really pulling out the stops as Sam, doing this choked up, dewy-eyed kind of, yeah. oh, Okay. No, 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 no. There has to be something that we can do. Uh, but the doctor says we can't work miracles, son. Yeah, super pointed. Uh-huh. Let's keep that phrase in our head as we walk through this episode. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah, little Sam teary-eyed. Um, we go to Dean. He's in the hospital bed and he's looking rough and he's complaining about daytime television as he flicks through the channels. Which I thought was kind of funny just because, you know, days of our lives, I just have a little, you know, a little mm-hmm. meta chuckle about that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And we have Dean sort of giving the gruff speech to Sam right off the bat, like assuming, okay, you're going to be heading out of town without me, so make sure you keep the car in good shape. Don't you dare Mm -hmm. scratch it. I'll haunt your ass. And Sam is not appreciating, A, the deflection, or B, Dean's attempts at humor. Like, I'll haunt your ass, that whole bit there. Yeah, Sam is... Yeah, he says, I don't think that's funny. I agree, Sam. Yes, <laughs> me neither, Sam. <laughs> I drew a little frowny face in between Dean's dialogue where uh-huh. just, come on, it's a little funny. Oh. <laughs> and yeah, Th- Sam's just really struggling through this. Yeah. And Dean is talking like he knew this was coming. Yeah. Yeah, he says, um, you know, it's a dangerous job. I drew the short straw. There's nothing to do. 
Sam tries to tell Dean that they have options. You know, they know things that the doctors don't. Mm -hmm. Uh, But Dean just says, no, there's no options here. And well, the only options are burial or cremation. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (sighs) And Dean is very, very just resigned to this fate for himself. Um, like you said, like he, you know, it's what he expected. What can you expect with this job, with this gig? And he's um, stiff upper lip, facing it, and he's just gonna go in peace. <laughs> Which, I mean, what 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 Dean says here is to Sam, you know, you're not gonna let me just go in peace, are you? And no, Sam's gonna try to find a solution. Yeah, just watch him. Hmm. And this this scene here is the one that I I couldn't stop just processing with later seasons with things that we know are coming. Like this is where we see that deep determination start in Sam where we're it's going to become a thesis for the Winchesters of we will do anything for our family and like we will sacrifice whatever we need to, we will do whatever to get what we want, and you know, the consequences come and bite us in the ass again and again and again. Yeah. And this is the first episode where we see that determination, we see consequences that, you know, weren't foreknown. Yeah. But are consequences nonetheless. Yeah, real consequences. And still, even when faced with those consequences, they just, I mean, I see in Sam in this episode, uh, uh, not not writing them off, not justifying them, but kind of just, um, I don't know that I would say that I see remorse in the decisions that, he made he, uh he at the end of the day he's he's glad that dean didn't die and he is willing to um to a certain point make excuses for it or just not look the gift horse in the mouth like he says he doesn't want to face the consequences or mm-hmm. Or he's he wants kind it to okay just be it. a black box that, you know, we reach into, we got your life back, and that's what we're leaving it as. We're not going to ask any more questions. Mm-hmm. But this episode, too, I mean, spoilers for season 15, but I couldn't help thinking of the finale with the way Dean is acting in this hospital bed as well. I mean, in are you seeing the likeness or are you seeing big differences in it's the likeness yeah it's it's my anger you know i'm putting the pilot light back on and the flame has flickered on (laughs) and it's simmering because this is the 12th episode this is they've just got these brand new characters and they're fleshing them out And then 15 years later, are you telling me there was no growth to Dean's character? Are you telling me that when he's faced with another life or death situation where you're telling me he just gives up? Okay, this is it. It was always going to end this way. No, Sammy. Like, don't try to save me. Yeah. 15 years in the making? It's... 
this episode is not about the finale, but it's one thing to see your character go through this at the start of their journey. And it's another thing to do a photocopy of it 15 years later and say, no, it still fits. All that character growth you've seen, um, don't worry about it because he's the same guy 15 years later. I totally agree. I totally agree. And we talked a lot about how regressive it really was uh, Mm -hmm. when we did talk about the finale. And, uh, And you're right. This episode is one of the uh starkest uh highlights of how we threw all that out the window 15 years Mm -hmm. later because here we have dean just 26 years old and he has lived a life that he always assumed was dangerous that was reckless and that was going to be the end of him and he never put any vision into his future he was just in the present and okay that's the way the chips fell well so be it because that's more than I thought that I would get and it's really heartbreaking to see this young kid put that little value in his life and what he could do with it god and it's not just this moment it's the whole episode can Mm -hmm. At multiple points in this episode, Dean is asking the question, why me? What do I deserve? Um, and mm-hmm. and why is why is my life worth it? Because this is all that I thought that I was going to get. And I don't see how I'm worth any of this. Which, I mean, which... Hmm. which I don't I'm not not to say that one life is worth more than another but to see that coming from Dean in the way that he is just truly looking internally and coming up with nothing like what am I good for like it's that idea of self where he's just a grunt all mm-hmm. he's good for is whatever the next case is. And if he saves more people than die without him, then he's lived a full life. Like, there's nothing bigger to what he sees of himself or for himself. Right. And it's really disheartening that, you know, he wasn't born this way. This wasn't just he came out of the womb with this sort of mindset that this was one that he grew into and that he became comfortable with and that when he is put in a position to question that and question his self-worth and see that other people see more for him than what he sees for himself, um, that just shakes him. He becomes incredibly discomfited and doesn't know what to do with that. Besides try and deny it. Yeah. Yeah. He does. Uh, And that attitude as well is something that is foundational to Dean because that that's just... It's something that we see again and again going through the series. Dean is very self-depreciating. And he doesn't, he doesn't see much worth in his contributions. And like you said, every new hunt, every life saved is 
par for the course and he knows that uh eventually his luck's gonna run out and he just takes e- e- each day as one more than he thought that he was gonna get mm-hmm. i don't know it, it's just yeah yeah i'd i'm thinking of last week's episode too like when we're ugh. When we were looking at Scarecrow and saying that Dean was being such a reflection of his father, um, that it wasn't really necessarily his opinions that were being spoken, but instead what he felt he needed to support as his role as John's partner. And, you know, watching this episode, I was thinking he doesn't have to go on the next hunt, you know, like they didn't have to pick up the rawhide thing. He could very well change the course of his life the way that Sam did, because Mm -hmm. ultimately we had John saying, keep your nose out of what I'm doing. It's safer for you. The end. Um, That could have been a choice that was made, but for Dean, it's unquestionable. Like that it wouldn't register with him that, he could do something like that. And I think, again, that feeds into what we see in this episode where people are saying, you know, you, you're you worth it. Good things do happen. And he's just denying, denying, denying. He's very dead set in this one interpretation for himself. When he gets uncomfortable, um, he either deflects by being self-depreciating or by trying to be this flirty, charismatic, you know, make you roll your eyes. Either way, he's talking. And it's, again, he, he's so boxed in with his personality and it's really something to see so many moments so early in the series where that comes to light. I agree 100%. And I've, I've just talking about it now, I feel like I've figured it out where what I see in Dean is there was just a certain point where he realized that by committing to to this life, committing to playing this role, he had to accept that there was nothing else for him um, outside of that. You know, from mm-hmm. this point forward, I'm living on bo- borrowed time. And we've seen him multiple times so far in just these first 12 episodes uh almost almost say you know i wish that it could have been different mhm and but he can't let himself think that because at a certain point he committed to this and resigned himself to knowing that this was going to be his fate and there's no time for wishes and wants because this is what his life is and all he can do is do the best that he can for as long as he can. And exactly. every day is just going to be, you know, one more one more day on borrowed time. Exactly. Exactly. Like, it's that absence of future vision. It's just, yeah. this is what I got. I can't change it. And, okay, I've run up to the end of it. So be it. And then to have someone dangle hope in front of him he just flat out refuses he doesn't want that because it hurts too much yeah yeah especially having this here and 
I didn't even think about it, but like you said, what we heard from Dean in last week's episode of Scarecrow, for him to talk to Sam and to say, you know, I always admired you for your strength. I always admired you for your convictions. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I wish I could have been more like that in my own life. Um, But he, he can't wish that. He can't verbalize that because he... You know, if he really let himself go down that line of thought, then it would shatter all of that resolve yes. that he built up around himself. Yeah, it's taking a sledgehammer to the foundation he's built for himself. Yeah. And like you're saying, he has things that he wished he could have done, that he looked at the way Sam lives his life and wished he could have done the same. And now he's on his deathbed with a month to live, like... Buddy has the opportunity to reflect on this and feel regret, but my God, Dean does not want to do that level of introspection. He wants to just accept it. And the first thing he says is like, okay, Sam, you're going to get out of here. You're going to leave me here. Like he doesn't want Sam around for this death. I know. And that broke my heart. Yeah. Ugh. And okay. Breaks my heart and enrages it. This next scene where we have... (laughs) Sam in the hotel, or motel, sorry, researching. He's got anatomy books, chakras, what have you out. And he's on the phone trying to call John and leaving a message about Dean being sick. And we, the audience, are supposed to be okay with the fact A, John doesn't answer, or B, show up for his dying son. Because Sam is saying, don't worry, I'll do whatever it takes to get him better. Like, you don't need to be involved, Dad, don't you worry. I'm like, I'm so mad. I I know, I know. So you have to, you have to take this phone call where Sam is reaching out to John and uh, juxtapose it to Dean's phone call in Home mm-hmm. where mm-hmm. Dean is reaching out to John. And in Home, Dean is entreating John to be there for them in this you know, moment because they were forced or Dean was forced back to Lawrence, back to this, this, um, ground zero for all of his Mm -hmm. trauma. And he is begging his dad to come and, um, and, and, and help them in that because this is a big, heavy thing. Yeah. It's a huge thing to be back there. And also that, Sam is not well. That's when Dean first realized that he was having dreams that were coming true. Oh, yeah. And so he's also going like, Dad, I'm freaked out. My brother has some weird shit going on. Be here, be here. So we're getting that same resonance of a phone call to their dad. And it's just, it goes unanswered. Yeah, yeah. And then now we have Sam who, you know, as the viewer, I'm seeing this as as Sam also, you know, putting out this call to their dad to, to, to try to entreat him to come help us, but he's putting on a braver face about it. But, you know, we obviously see that Sam is just reaching out for, yes, he doesn't know what to do, but he's reaching out, hoping for some sort of, um, help and, and comfort uh mm-hmm. but you know you're probably not even getting this uh don't you worry i'll take care of it uh and 
I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I think that was very, it was very similar to what Dean did because Sam, I feel, is still asking for help. Like I said, he's just putting on a braver yeah. face about it. Except for this time, instead of in home, John doesn't come, even if he didn't uh, put himself into it. <sighs> Hold on one second. I'm having a really hard time. Sorry. <laughs> it's it's a fucking lot, okay? It's the whole fucking three of their dynamics plus, like, this layer of an unanswered phone call to your father, which in this episode parallels to God and the entreaty <laughs> for help. And, you know, we have... Dean saying, I believe in what I can see and I have faith in what's real. And we talked last week and it's going to be a recurring thing about how Dean's faith ultimately is in his father. Like he takes whatever John says at face value. That's what we're going to do. And that's the way he was raised. That's what he believes in. And we're getting that juxtaposition this episode against, you know, is God answering these calls? Is God helping out? Or is it left to the people to do their best and, you know, make mistakes along the way? Yeah. Uh, you had to get, you had to get all heavy on me, B. <laughs> I, it, it, it's faith. We're in episode 12. They kill Dean. <laughs> we don't even get the title card. <laughs> Oh my god. Okay, yeah. we have to we we have to we have to move on. So yes. Sam calls John says that he's going to do whatever it takes to to get Dean better and mm-hmm. you know just in case, you know, just letting you know that Dean is sick, he might not make it, but you know, yeah. they don't know the things that we know, so don't worry. I'm going to make it right. Yeah, he he wants to believe that there's something out there and he's not going to stop searching until he finds it. Yes. Um, there is a knock at the motel door here and when Sam shores himself up and answers it, he finds out that Dean has discharged Dean has discharged himself from the hospital. And he's just, you know, I'm not dying there. And It's been three days since we found out because Sam has been doing an internet searches, calling um, contacts this whole time, and he has gotten a response from Joshua in Nebraska. There's a lead of um, a specialist, and that's where Sam wants them to go next. Yeah. Someone that Sam thinks can help and Dean's willing to go along with it even though he he really seems like he would rather not mm-hmm. I think he's going along with it because he has zero belief that it's going to work mm. if he had a suspicion that it would work I think we would see a different behavior from him well but what do you mean by that in a positive or a negative direction like would he be negative. more stubborn negative. about it well we're seeing like we're going to go through some episode scenes here where he's you know provided the opportunity and he wants to say no not me no yeah that's true yeah so i think it would be curious if you know okay sam comes up with a medical solution i could see dean being dismissive he comes up with a magical solution no i don't want to get involved in magic like i can see 
Dean shooting down everything. But this one is vague enough. It sounds like a shot in the dark. So, okay, fine. I'll humor you for my last month on this earth. Oh, my God. This episode drives me insane. Mm Mm-hmm. Because because I can just imagine, like, if, if Sam was presenting concrete solutions... Would Dean be dismissive and and reluctant to pursue those? Because to him, it's like, hey, it's today or it's a month from now or it's 10 years from now, but it's always going to end the same way. Yeah, I'm a knife that's gone dull. You can sharpen it, sure, but there's better ones out there. You might as well just switch your gear right now and move forward with that instead. Like that level of dismissiveness towards himself. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. It's fine. He's in a hoodie. He looks really bad. And <laughs> Sam is pulling out the waterworks. He's doing really good face work. I'm like, Jared, I forgot you could act. <laughs> hey, he was he was very strong this episode. Fuck yeah. Yeah. Okay. So we're off to Mud Pit, Nebraska. And they park in said Mud Pit outside <laughs> of a revival tent. Um... Dean is trying to get out of the car. Sam wants to help him. Dean is refusing. And Dean is getting increasingly upset as he realizes that they are at the tent of Reverend Roy LaGrange, the real deal healer. A faith healer. As soon as Dean realizes he is pissed. He is... He is berating Sam for bringing him here. Uh, I mean, it's not it's not even Dean being like, okay, I'll go. It's a shot in the dark. Like, I'll just humor you, Sam. When he mm-hmm. sees that they are going to a faith healer, he's offended. He's pissed. Yeah. And I can't help being like, I wonder if it is the religious aspect of it. It like, is. I feel that Dean... Okay, because... We know in future episodes that Mary's like angels are watching over you. And like if his mother had faith and died and God didn't protect her, if the angels didn't protect her, Mm -hmm. then fuck this whole thing. I don't believe in this. And now you're telling me on my deathbed, we're wasting time going to a revival tent for faith healing. I don't believe in any of this. And I'm offended that you think that I should be here. I I think that um, religion is a sore spot for Dean, uh, mm-hmm. and it and and he is aggro about it because it is personal, and mm-hmm. it comes from his mother. It comes from the evil that he's seen in the world. It comes mm-hmm. from um, the evil that he sees the church do he feels like it's the the longest con and yeah he has that one line like god help us from half the people thinking they're doing god's work yeah yeah and we're getting a lot of that from dean this episode and we see it again and again and again through the early seasons of the series as a whole. So this is another one of those things that every episode we're putting more into Sam, into Dean that are just 
these puzzle pieces that we're putting into place that mm-hmm. make their characters. Yeah, because we see Sam being open and optimistic that, you know, if evil's out there, then the counterpart has to be there. Good is there, too. And it feels like Dean didn't have room for that optimism growing up. Like, maybe he helped make space for Sam to have that, but he himself had all of that light snuffed out. Uh, Yes, exactly. Exactly. Because where Dean is saying, you know, how can you believe in this stuff knowing what we know Sam is saying, how can you not knowing what we know? If there's evil in the world, then how can you think that there's not good? Sorry if you can hear my dogs barking. Apparently today is my day for... (laughs) I'm I'm quite certain you're going to hear my cats purring on the recording. Always, always. But, you know, typically my my animals don't make the you know aren't the mm, guest stars. got some dirt on your shoulder let me brush it off for you <laughs> i just wanted to say you know i got my people too juxtaposition layers yep <laughs> <laughs> well so dean is saying knowing the evil in the world and seeing what this evil has done to good people uh how can you think that there's some benevolent force out there that is supposed to be the counterbalance to this? Because I see a lot of bad in the world. I don't see a lot of good. And Sam, in opposition to that, has the optimism, has the faith that there has to be that counterbalance. And their grousing gets overheard by Julie Benz's character here, Layla, where she interjects and says well maybe god works in mysterious ways and dean instinctively turns on the charm and flirts back at her because again that's kind of a vulnerable state that he just got caught out in time to go into something he's more comfortable with yes yeah uh oh i expressed a feeling i better Conceal, don't feel. Conceal, don't feel. (laughs) Yeah. Ooh, you're turning me around on the subject. I bet bet she works in some mysterious ways. And you can see Sam, like, rolling his eyes like, oh, my God. This (laughs) is what my last month with my brother is going to be like. Aww. Yeah, going out with a bang. Mm Mm-hmm. So they all head inside. We see Layla sit with her mother in the front row and Sam needles Dean into sitting in the second row right behind them. Yeah. Dean is wary because he sees security cameras. He figures people's pocketbooks are getting emptied out in here for, you know, a scam. Dean is downright. I mean, kudos to Jensen because Dean is just so uncomfortable in this scene and you see it through and through he looks so vulnerable in his little hoodie and yeah he looks like he's going to jump out of his skin at any moment he really does man oh and b how deep are we going to get into the god works in mysterious ways this episode because i could go on a few tangents I feel like there's hours in us and we have to be very careful because, yeah. Because we talked for 35 minutes on, like, the opening hospital scene. scene. (laughs) (laughs) No, no. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this episode, 
I mean, I guess the long and short of that God works in mysterious ways is at this point in the series, we do not know God's involvement. We can suspect, but ultimately we don't have concrete evidence saying. It is textual. It's textual here in this episode. Lagrange says that he is guided by by God's voice and he says that but the reason why I'm like eh about it is because we hear from Layla and her mother that he's been healing strangers up to this point which speaks to me that spoilers his wife is picking people that they're less attached to you know maybe this reaper magic thing that I'm using doesn't actually work so I'm going to test it on people I don't super care about and now that it seems to be working, I'm going to be guiding my husband towards more concrete people that we actually want to heal. I don't know. I, because, um, well, let's take Dean as an example. Dean comes in. It's his first service. Uh, uh, Sue Ann has no idea who this guy is or if he actually no. needs or wants healing. Um but I got the impression that Sue Ann was not picking the people that Roy was choosing to heal. She was only condemning the victims that, um, that they were, you know, trading yeah. their lives for. Yeah. I, I'm not sure where I sit on the fence there because I think, you can make an argument, yes, that definitely. But it just does seem strange to me that if Roy is picking and he's saying he's being willed by God, it just, it's weird that Layla's not picked earlier because the story is presenting her to us as someone more devout, more quote-unquote worthy than Dean. And so it's... It's an interesting place to sit there and be like, how much is God actually in the room? I I sit firmly on the side of Roy actually picking. Huh? What was that? I said, okay, Sam. (laughs) (laughs) Shut up, (laughs) B. Look, I I do sit firmly on the side of Roy um, being... I don't know. I I wouldn't say being guided, but Roy picking the people that he's saving because you see in Roy who, while he doesn't know the true source of these, you know, this, these, these powers and this influence that he has over the lives of others, he very obviously feels that power and that influence. He knows when the Reaper bond is broken. He feels, feels mm-hmm. when his healing it, his healing is you know he feels that he is the channel for this life energy and he has this faith that god is guiding him and he gets these impressions on who he should pick which i just feel like he does have this sense of what's happening and i i could believe that um that that influence whether it by it it's by the reaper or by god or some external force i just i feel like i would believe that he has that insight 
Remy, I'm going to put my foot down right now. Oh, I hate you. <laughs> we're not getting into a theological debate. Like, we are not getting into God's imperfect vessel and whether they're capable of sensing the divine spirit of God or anything. Like that. <laughs> we, we are not doing that. We've already <laughs> signed up for more than we can chew. Look, look, I'm I'm just saying, I'm just saying, V, I think that it was textual that Roy was feeling some external influences. I agree with that, but whether it's the spell or whether it's divine is up for question. I, I feel like, you know, we could spin out Ready? how... Uh, Do you want to hear my foot? No. I'll go put my foot down. No, I feel like we could spin our wheels... For as long as we want, talking about the larger implications for the the series yes. as a whole. Yes. Yes. But we're in episode twelve, and we're this not is not that. intended. I will. I'm like Remy. I'm reaching through the microphone. Let it go. Let it go. No, we don't want to no, do this. No. No. Shh. <laughs> I'm just saying. I agree with you. This was not an intended. Mm-hmm. Um. Uh. This was not a, a writer's room decision to make. And you know how we know that? Okay, again, I told you earlier in the week, based off of the companion book, <laughs> they were like faith healers. Those are kind of creepy. And then they stumbled their way into the woods of theology. And they're like, oh, shit, there's lots of juicy <laughs> stuff we could work from in here. And then they were like using that to inform their decisions down the road. So I'm like, this episode started as a monster of the week around the nebulous term faith healers are creepy and they wandered their way into reapers from there and they wandered their way into the larger <laughs> implications of god as a presence on earth <laughs> look why why can you talk about how sad it is that dean dies in season 15 and i can't talk about how god is a thing in season 15 come on Come on. I'm son. not saying you can't. I'm just saying God as a concept in supernatural is an insane little rat nest that <laughs> like you'll you'll just be consumed. They're gonna eat you down to your bones. You're gonna get nowhere. <laughs> and we cannot do it. It's season one, episode twelve. Fine. Fine. I'm done. Okay. 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 <laughs> So where uh, where do we leave off? B was it um, was it um uh, was it how deep are we gonna get into uh, the implication of God works in mysterious ways? Something like that. Yeah, it sounds like we get fifteen minutes deep into it. Okay. Uh huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> so Roy has called Dean up to the front. Dean is being very dismissive. He doesn't want to go. Sam's like, "Are you fucking kidding me? We drove out here oh for this. God. Get up there," and. When Dean is, you know, getting the hands laid on him, you can see initially he's not thinking anything's going to come from this, but then he does feel something happen. And we find out later that this feels cold and it feels wrong. Yes. And Dean, when he does go up to to Roy, he, uh, one, was, like you said, reluctant to get up in the first place and it took Sam um, basically forcing him out of his seat before he was accepting of Roy 
calling him to the front. But then once he got up there, he even tried to discourage Roy to say, look, I'm not exactly a, a believer. Uh, well, well, you know, you, you, yeah, probably, you, don't you probably don't want me. Want me. Exactly. Yeah. So, um, so that is, you know, like you were saying, he, I don't know. He, my brain is mush fucking from this episode. I can't. I know. I'm like, he probably didn't want to be up there at the center of attention. And then this torn layer of does he want it to work or does he not? Because if it does work, then that cracks his foundation about what he believes is real in the world yeah and if it doesn't work then he got his hopes up for nothing and he's gonna die anyways like he does not want to be in the spotlight while this crisis is happening and and also not feeling like he deserves it he says you know i'm not even mm -hmm. a believer and then later when he's talking to roy at his home he says why me all those sick people and he chose me he doesn't like that no. And even the answer he gets at that time, you can tell he doesn't like. Right. Well, so now he is, you know, Roy lays his hand uh, on Dean and Dean feels that uh, that coldness go through him and he drops to his knees and he's healed. Yeah, he collapses. Sam runs up to see him and... Dean feels better already while he's being sort of roused. But while he's coming to, he's kind of blinking, looking around, and he sees this mysterious gentleman in a suit beside Roy that flickers and disappears from sight. Yep. So it's time to prove that this mysterious healing was actually successful. We cut to Sam and Dean in a doctor's office. And uh, the doctor is looking at uh, Dean's files. She is saying that there's nothing wrong with his heart. Doesn't look like there ever was. So, you know, and at Dean's age, there really shouldn't be. So, yeah. But, you know, it does come out of the blue sometimes because there was this 27-year-old guy just yesterday who keeled over from a heart attack. And Dean's like eyes emoji what yeah because that's the same day he was getting healed that feels weird that there would be another young guy suffering something similar to him yeah yeah that's odd and uh sam is trying to say well it could just be a coincidence it doesn't feel like a mm -hmm. coincidence though dean yeah. is saying that he had a feeling it, when he was being healed like you said it was it felt wrong it felt cold and he just it feels like he just feels wrong about it and yeah he feels like there's something up and he thinks that he has to follow his gut on this Exactly. Like, Sam might be unwilling to question this, but Dean's almost throwing faith back in him. Like, I have been in this job long enough that I know when to trust my gut, and I'm telling you right now, I am feeling it. This is a case we need to investigate. Yeah. Like, if you will have faith in these bigger things, I'm telling you, have faith in this, in this moment. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And that that is the kicker cuz even when Dean is saying, you know, and I saw a spirit and I swear it was a spirit and Sam says, "Well, I didn't see anything." Uh but Dean 
just has to say, you have to, you have to believe me. You have to have faith here because I know that there's something going on. And, uh, you know, Sam, even though he was saying, you know, we can't look this gift horse in the mouth, uh, when Dean pushes him, Sam is willing to take his brother's word for it. Yeah. He acquiesces then. Right. So what's the plan? Well, Dean's going to go question the reverend while Sam goes and checks out what the heck happened to that young guy. Yes. So let's cut to the reverend's house. Sue Ann is there assuring Dean that it was a miracle. And we get the backstory for Roy as well. Yeah. When did these miracles start? And so it turned out that he woke up blind one morning and when the doctors checked him out, said that he had about a month to live. It was cancer. Um, They prayed. He went into a coma that the doctor swore he wouldn't reawaken from, but he does. And this time he was cancer free. And it wasn't until later that they discovered that suddenly he could heal people with God's blessings. Yes. And... Roy is expanding his flock, and this is only the beginning, per yes. Sue Ann. Yes. Sue Ann's very excited as she says that, too. Yeah. And, like, we could hear from the sermon earlier in the tent that, okay, so she reads him the paper every morning, and every day it seems the world's getting more wicked. There's more immorality, and the unjust people are getting away with things. So to have that in tandem with this whole, our flock is growing and it's only the beginning. You can see Dean kind of being like, ping, 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 weird shit-o-meter is going off. Right, right. Um, the message here is very hail and brimstone, punish the wicked and... Judgment being issued upon the people right right which definitely makes dean uncomfortable yeah because if there is judgment being placed then how the heck did he pass that test no exactly yeah like out of all the sick people why him and like we said the reverend looked at his heart and it stood out he was a young man with important purpose a job that isn't finished and this, like, I agree with you. When we hear that, it's like, okay, Chuck, season 15, what, what is happening here? Yeah, what is guiding Roy's hand? Because he says, hey, I didn't pick you. The Lord picked you. And yeah. this is what I saw when I looked into your heart. And, oh, my God, B, when Dean says, like, what did you what did you see in my heart? I know. He's just He's like, so afraid. You are going to say a positive adjective? Like, what? What? Like, ugh. And, I mean, don't even get me started on the subtext that we have about this whole immorality and the people who are getting smote mm-hmm. by Sue Ann being, you know, the openly gay teacher, the person against um, abortion. And then you have Dean here who initially passed inspection, but 
later is deemed immoral, unfit for the life that was given to him and is being fed to the Reaper by Sue Ann by the end of the show. Right, right. She she tries to say, you know, this was a gift given to me by God and um, you know, I judge who is wicked. Or no, really, she says the Lord knows who's wicked. I'm just yeah. carrying out his will. Which is, I'm not going to touch Contradictory. that. I'm not going to touch yeah. that with a ten foot pole. <laughs> yeah, but like again, to have Dean sitting there and being like, "What did you see in me?" and then hearing these positive things, but seeing later in the episode that he gets judged by a person and mm-hmm. is found wanting, um, it's very interesting subtext. It's just. Mm, we sit there and we're like, Dean, you are such a queer character without even realizing it. I am going to have feelings with the end where he is quote unquote judged because I would see it more of him almost, you know, just accepting it or sacrificing himself because he finds Leah more worthy. It's not Leah. What's her name? Layla. Layla. More worthy than he is. I totally agree. It feels like Dean's like, "Mm -hmm, okay, I got the inspection back and I see that I passed, but your judgment was wrong. And so here's why I should die. (laughs) Oh boy. Well. Oh boy. (laughs) Oh boy. Oh boy. Is this only a 45 minute episode, B? Because I feel like it took like three years off of my life here. I know, and I'm like, we're going to be here three years because there's so much to dig into. (laughs) Oh, man. Well, so Dean, with that now on his shoulders, (laughs) weighing heavy on his mind, he is exiting the Reverend's house uh, with Sue Ann, and they meet... um, uh, Layla. Oh my god, Layla. Layla. I was going to say Leia again. Uh, <laughs> Layla and her mother on the front porch. Yes, her mother wants to see the Reverend, but Sue Ann is putting up a wall saying, no, he's napping, basically. Mm-hmm. Leave him alone. Now's not the time, but keep the faith. And Dean's listening in to what is going on because okay mama rourke is pissed at him for being healed because he's a stranger who doesn't even believe and yet layla hasn't been picked and dean's like okay picked for what and layla oh she's really still quite bubbly or that's that's too effusive but she's still in these high spirits as she's saying that she has this brain tumor that's gonna kill her within six months oh she's like it's nothing. I just, I have this thing. Yeah. It did, no big deal. But Aww. like, my life is depending on being picked. Right. And then Mama Rourke here is just saying like, why do you deserve to live, Dean, more than my Which, daughter? Which, f- oof. <laughs> I know. Dean's like, I have the same question. Like that, that is justification to him. Yeah. Yeah. He, he straight up. In his heart, he feels that he doesn't. So, so he's just filled with these questions of why and, and he, 
doesn't think that he deserves it. So why should he have it? Why should he have it and Layla doesn't? Yeah. The only people who believe he deserves it in his eyes is the people who gave it. And then everyone around him is like, yeah, why you? Yeah. Yeah. So. Ugh. It sucks. Yeah. Um. Meanwhile, Sam is at a nearby swimming sort of fitness area. He is talking to a person who was there when the victim, Marshall Hall, died. Um, We find out that Marshall was very healthy, but he was running away from something as he died. And the clock on the wall stopped at 4.17, which is the same time Marshall died. And dun-dun-dun... The same time Dean was being healed. Right. Sam gathers that uh, the the man thought that there was something coming for him. And he was frightened uh, right before he died. And with the clock, uh, yeah, that doesn't, that doesn't look good. No, that's a little hinky. So they return to the motel Sam was there first. He's on the computer. And as soon as Dean enters, he apologizes. Like, Sam sounds really remorseful. And it takes Dean a second to... Oh, my God. Sam sounds really remorseful. And it takes Dean a second to realize why. Yeah, because this is... I don't don't know. I just feel like Sam knows. Mm Mm-hmm. He's done the research, he's put two and two together, and the six times that the reverend has healed somebody, the obituaries show someone has died at the same time. Of the same symptoms that uh, the person healed was suffering themselves. Yeah, so Dean's like, gave a cookie, get a cookie, like, give cancer, and then the person's healed of cancer, like... Oh, that's fucked. And again, he's horrified now that he's found out some guy died so that he would live. And Sam is very humbled and apologetic, saying like he didn't know. But at the same time, like we said, like Sam was willing to do whatever it took to get Dean healed. So he can be sorry that they didn't know. But ultimately, he's not sorry that Dean's standing there alive. I I think that that is the wider implication. Because, I mean, Sam couldn't have known. Sam didn't know. And this is a horrible thing that has happened. Uh, and he knows how Dean is going to take it. Yes. But Sam is also saying, you know, the guy probably would have died anyways. It's just someone else would have been healed and not you. Yeah. We wouldn't have been able to stop this because we would have been sitting in the tent. Someone else would have gone up and been healed other than you. So, like, at least we got something good out of it. Like, oh, it's a tough conversation. It, it really is. And, and Dean is saying, you know, you never should have brought me here. Someone is dead because of me. And Sam yes. is trying to, to say, it's not because of you. We didn't do anything wrong. But Dean, the world lives and dies on my shoulders, yes. Winchester. <laughs> 
that's not an answer to him. I know. And Dean is uh, saying that he knew. He knew that something was wrong here. He 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 just he just knew it. And not only that, but he thinks that he knows what it was because only one thing can take and give life like that. And the 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 figure that he saw, he, it it had to be a reaper. Mm-hmm. And then we sorry, my cats are deciding to play. <laughs> and we segue in to this jogger who sees something strange in the woods, and then she's terrified being pursued by that man in a suit that we saw with the strange face. And Cue Don't Fear the Reaper by Blue Oyster Cult as she is gripped and Roy in his tent is healing this man with emphysema as she falls dead in the woods. Now, now, see, I got Death in the Valley by the Death Riders, so, because I was watching (laughs) on Netflix, but... You said that one had a lot of, like, Grim Reaper, Grim Reaper lyrics. (laughs) It's like, you know, death in the valley, what you gonna do when your life has gone out of you? All that good stuff. So, as on the nose feeling as when (laughs) Don't Fear the Reaper starts playing. Uh That fucking cowbell. I'm fine. (laughs) I didn't get a cowbell. Again, Mm. I feel cheated. I mean, yours sounds pretty fun, too, though. I I only take solace in the fact that it's uh by the Death Riders, which is the same band that uh they played Mary Mary over the Skins oh transformation scene, and oh I thought that one was a banger. So yeah, they're kind of like, oh, we wrote songs for Supernatural unwittingly. <laughs> anyway so yeah we're having these these cuts interspliced uh with with this jogger um being victimized by the reaper as roy conducts another healing and dean is saying no it's it's not the grim reaper it's a reaper uh a a a spirit i guess or a entity that is taking life and then giving it to another person i i suppose and the question is well how is it being controlled in this way how's it being leashed like this yes and sam recalls seeing a particular cross in the tent um he calls it later a coptic cross and when he picks through a tarot deck, he pulls out the magician card and it has a similar cross in the background of it. So we use this tarot idea as a segue to medieval times when the priests would kind of blaspheme what they knew. Um, they would dig into necromancy, you know, giving and taking life. But if the reverend is using a reaper and using black magic to control one, that's, as he puts it, putting a dog leash on a great white. Like, it's all fun riding the tiger, but wait until you have to get off the tiger's back. Exactly. Exactly. And, um, yeah, so this is dangerous stuff. And, uh they're trying to figure out okay so how do we stop it dean has a solution sam's not so on board with that 
Yeah, Dean is like, well, we can get rid of the Reverend, but Sam pulls out his Batman code and is like, we don't kill people. Yeah, I, I we can't kill a human being, Dean. Uh, there, there has to be another way. And if this is black magic, then and there is some spell that is binding the Reaper to Roy's will, then we just have to find the source of that magic and uh, break it. Yeah. If we can't kill Roy and we can't kill the Reaper, then let's at least disconnect the two from each other. So the question is, like, if it is more to it than just the cross, what is there? They have to go back to the house and kind of snoop around and see if they can find what sort of spell is being used. Yes. So uh, they go back to the Reverend's house uh, and there is a service uh, going on. So they split up once again. Dean is going to attend the service and uh, prevent Roy from conducting any healings because now they know that uh, the healing of one person means the death of another. Mm Mm-hmm. And Sam is going to go search the house while uh, the Reverend is otherwise occupied. Yes. So they have their cell phones ready with any information that is going on. And while Roy goes to the service, Sam breaks into his house and he finds the office. He finds a book on the bookshelf that seems to have been moving the dust on the shelf quite frequently. And behind this book, there is a smaller little notepad almost that is filled with, we have pictures of Reaper, we have a picture of the cross, and we also have obituary or other newspaper clippings um, of the people who have died so far. Right. And this is where we see some information about the previous victims the openly gay school teacher the uh pro-abortion activists and this is you know like we like you said the people that uh is getting sacrificed that are getting sacrificed for they their perceived a amorality yes exactly So this is enough evidence um, to give Dean a call. And this is where um, Sam sees the clipping for the protester who's been at this revival tent so far, a David Wright. And he's like, oh, shit, this guy's next. Is he still out there? Um, We have to stop Roy from doing the healing Sam is going to go find that protester guy. Dean better stop Roy. Which becomes a little complicated or at least conflicting for Dean. Yes. When Roy does pick someone for a healing and that someone is Layla. Yeah. And it's really heartbreaking to see her mom just, like, overjoyed, tears streaming. And even Layla's very delighted by this. And she is feeling the 
basically culmination of keeping the faith happen here. Even when Dean steps between her and the stage and is begging her not to go up. Do not do this. Something bad is going to happen. She's like, you got healed. He's like, I can't explain it. Just don't do it, hon, basically. I know. And it really is hard because, like, this is literally her chance at life. Period. Yes, exactly. (sighs) And Dean doesn't want to be doing this. You can see he's very torn, but this is what they have to do to save another person. But she apologizes and up she goes. Yeah, yeah. Dean tries to tell her that Roy can't be the answer, but... Um, you know, with Layla can't so close, right? And Layla can't just put her trust and faith in Dean here. Yeah. Yeah. Especially when he got healed and now he's saying, don't do what I did. Do as I say. Yeah. Yeah. Which I think is. Yeah. Yeah. So she, she can't, she's sorry. She, she looks back to see her mom and she even seems, seems a little conflicted herself because it is a scary thing, but she looks back at her mom and, uh, Sue Ann is encouraging her up to the stage and she just can't, there's too much on the line for everyone for her not to. And yeah, so she, she goes for the healing and and you know as heavy as a scene is i uh, one thing that i found a little funny about it was you know comparing season 1 to later seasons uh mhm dean just being like look i can't explain it i i i can't tell you what's going on but you just have to trust me that that's just so different from yeah you know, that guy is Hitler incarnate. You have to. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> with his, with his immortal Nazi wizards. Uh, we got it. We got to go. <laughs> yeah. I'm thinking of the season 13 premiere where he's sitting across from the sheriff and is like, monsters are real. My brother and I hunt them. Exactly. Yeah. It's our job. Like he's just <laughs> bored telling the truth. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So that was, yeah. But it's definitely a, a running theme here that Dean, you get the feeling that Dean has been burned many a times before by trying to be truthful about things in, of this nature mm-hmm. and then just further alienating his, uh, the, the people that he's trying to save. Yes, that... The truth is not something that is going to be accepted. It's going to be something he's rejected for. So we have to tiptoe away from it. Right, right. Well, it didn't work out in his favor this time. No. Either way. And we're going to see next episode. It didn't either. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, Outside, Sam finds Wright the protester, and he is wigging out. Sam can't see why, but he's doing a amiable job, you know, trying to look out amongst the vehicles. He can't see the Reaper, but he can see Wright responding to it. Um, the crowd inside the tent is beginning to pray, and Dean calls fire. And the crowd panics. There's something outside the tent. Okay, so they're going to disperse. And this all happens 
while the reverend begins to lay hands on Layla, the call to a fire, um, he stops trying to heal. And Layla is upset by this. But, I mean, what can she do? Right, right. Layla's mother is begging that he continue. Uh, but the service is uh, completely derailed at this point. So Yes. And back with Sam and Wright, mm-hmm. uh, Dean is on the phone with Sam trying to say, okay, it, it's safe now, except that Wright is still being pursued by the Reaper. So whatever has happened, Roy, who Dean has eyes on, does not seem to th- be the one that is controlling uh, whatever's happening here. Exactly. Exactly. So he's still inside the tent, and when he looks around, he can see behind the piano, Sue Ann is still there. She is praying over this cross in her hand in a language that is not English. And when Dean approaches her, she tucks it into the shirt of, or the collar of her shirt, and she calls for help, and the local deputies come and accost Dean and drag him outside. Yeah, she, when she realizes she's been caught out, she, um, she calls, uh, she plays the victim, uh, she, Dean is escorted out, and, but Sue Ann in her benevolence says, no, you can let him go. I'm not going to press charges. We're very, very disappointed, Dean, after all that we've done for you. It's okay. God will judge you. Yeah. Which is ominous, ominous, ominous. Oh, yes. And so the cops shove Dean away and Layla at this time approaches him asking why he did it. Like, why did he sabotage her chance at life and dean says roy's not a healer he's not the answer and layla departs but she's not angry she actually takes this moment to turn back and say that she truly does wish him luck yeah and dean you know once layla is out of earshot says you too and you deserve it more than i do yeah, again. Rip. Rip! That's my heart. Ugh. So Sam and Dean over here. Which, Roy. okay, wait, okay, okay no, okay, okay, fuck okay. this. <laughs> because, because, what is Dean here? He is just a guy who every time that he goes on a hunt, he knows that he is putting his life on the line to save just one person. Yeah. And and so his life is not worth any more than anyone that, that he's putting, he's constantly putting himself out there to save. And yeah, he's uh, the sacrifice essentially yeah, right. to make sure other people get to live to see tomorrow. Exactly. And here he feels like he robbed Layla of that opportunity. He's failed in making that sacrifice because, you know, 
why does he deserve it? He doesn't. It could have been Layla. It could have been anyone, but it shouldn't have been him. Yeah, he took the spot of someone more deserving. Yes. Yeah. As far as he's concerned. And took the life of someone who didn't deserve it, you know? It's his fault that this man is dead. Exactly. Exactly. It's all his fault. Ay, ay, ay. Insane, B. In fucking sane. Season 1, episode 12, Dean has a martyr complex. I know. A thesis. I know. A thesis. (laughs) I know. Ay. Well. Well. Back at the hotel. Well, Sam and Dean overhear Roy promising Layla a private session that night. So they are on the clock back Mm -hmm. at the motel. They know now Roy believes he's actually doing the healing. Um, He doesn't know that Sue Ann is doing this. Um, So Sam shows that notepad with the information and says that there's got to be a black altar somewhere. She's using the binding spell in this book to keep the Reaper away from Roy and kill immoral people along the way. So it probably started off with a, I do not want my husband to die. And it turned into, I can use this to get rid of immoral people. Exactly. Sam is saying, how do we get here? It's just pure evil killing people for you know your own whims and dean says not evil it's desperation yeah this all started with roy yeah like it's it's where sam was at the top of this episode like i will do anything to keep you from dying and it's where layla's mother is it's where sue ann was so Dean has kind of flipped his vision now when he's considering the position Layla's in and what it takes to get a person through the day when, you know, there's no hope given to you by normal means and you have to find it yourself. You know, how dark do you go? And again, I'm like ranting now because at the top of the episode I said like this is where we first start to see the Winchesters question how much they're willing to give up to keep each other alive and that becomes this really dark dangerous rabbit hole that fucks up the world for 15 years um yeah 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 it is a very um, astute point to make that where Sue Ann was when her own husband was dying is where Sam or was at the beginning of this episode. I'm gonna find a way. So. Yeah. It's, it's a lot. It's a lot. It's a lot. Well, so, Sam knows that there is a altar, uh, a dark altar that uh, Sue Ann must be conducting this black magic from. And as Dean saw, there is also this pendant that she carries on her person. So what do we do? Break the pendant, destroy the altar. Por que no los dos? Uh, that's exactly what I wrote down. I was like, why not? Don't <laughs> give. <laughs> divide and conquer they'll go after these separate parts that they're aware of yeah so they're back um now at nightfall 
uh, at the uh, the tent of the, the, the tent of worship. Yeah, sure, I'll call it that. I wanted it to, works. I wanted to say the 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 circus tent, but <laughs> that seemed a little flippant. I keep calling it the revival tent, like it's okay. the 1930s, and they're sweating themselves off in their woolen breeches and what have you hey that's the vibe that's the vibe that's what they're reaching for definitely (laughs) so um uh so roy is holding that uh private procession that he promised uh layla and uh sue ann is not with roy and so they need to split up and Dean is going to monitor this healing that's taking place in the tent. And Sam is going to go search the house for Sue Ann. Yeah. But before they part ways, we have Dean feeling really torn about whether, you know, they should stop Layla's healing. Oh yeah. And Sam makes the point of saying we can't play God. And I'm like, stares at the camera but you're gonna gonna. (laughs) maybe not today but yeah no dean dean is saying is this really the right thing to do and sam says dean you said it yourself we can't play god we can't be just letting others decide these fates for these people what's happening to layla is horrible but we can't just sit by and let it happen let uh, Sue Ann sacrifice another life for Layla's. Yeah. Yeah. And I think also we have a bit of Sam being relieved that this argument's available to justify Dean, you should live. Like, you could feel Sam being grateful almost not to have to analyze it the way that Dean is analyzing it. Sam feels very appreciative of that we can't play god um card that he's able to trump dean's doubts in this moment with yeah i don't know if um i don't know if sam is viewing this as it's dean's life or layla's because because we don't really know that yet but I could see this as Sam, you know, after Dean was saved and Sam didn't know, I think that he was, I I don't, (laughs) okay, I hate this. I love this because (laughs) I don't know. I'm just so torn on uh, Sam is the one that brought them here and yes. Sam saved his brother's life at the cost of another. Is he now relieved that he can um, make amends in the small way? Or has he just put that behind him and this is now just another hunt? You know, some... Mm-hmm. We have to stop the monster. Yeah. I I think that there is a definite element of like, Dean, you got it. Whether you wanted it or not, it's yours now. You can't throw that away, but we can't let this happen again. Yeah. And I'm just like, Sam vowing to do what whatever it takes to save yes. Dean. 
and yeah. he was at the end of the day given an easy way out if, yes what if he had to make the choice that sue ann did yeah if he had known walking yeah. into the tent that this is what the cost would be would he have still performed it Oh, it's all speculation, but... It's just a monster of the week. It's just a monster of the week. <laughs> yeah, there's no larger implications. Don't you worry. Take me away, B. Take me okay. away. So, they have to split up. Dean is going to distract the cops nearby, kind of doing his little boy wonder song and dance to get them to chase after him, which allows Sam to approach the house. Sam is looking in all the windows. There are no lights on, but he does see this crack of light beaming from the cellar doors down by the porch. So he opens those, goes inside, and I was like, he takes his sweet ass time entering the <laughs> cellar. And in this basement, Sam finds the black altar with this picture of Dean with a red bloody cross over his face right right dean was right to be suspicious of that security camera in the revivalist tent because uh, now sue ann has marked him used it to mark him as the next victim yeah and seeing this, Sam is distracted enough that he doesn't realize that Sue Ann has approached. Yes. So she is behind him and she says ominously that she can take Dean's life away. You know, I gave it to him. I could take it back. And Sam pushes over the black altar, but she beats him up the cellar stairs and she barricades the door telling him from the other side that it's God's will to punish the wicked, etc., etc. She's the vessel of this power, and it's good. Goodbye. The Lord chose to reward the just, and I am his instrument, and don't you see your brother is truly wicked, blah, 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 blah. What are you going to do, Sue Ann? Just leave him down there to starve? Is that the plan? <laughs> I like, she's probably thinking just long enough to, you know, get this one spell off and then I'll see about doing a second black altar where I focus on Sam. I know. I know. I mean, Sam's not even listening to Sue Ann because he has found the laundry vent out of yes. the cellar and he is already ferreting himself out of there. Yeah, he's going to shove all six foot five of him through these tiny ass little crawl space window, <laughs> but so be it. Sue Ann has taken off. Um, inside the tent, Roy is asking Mrs. Rourke and the rest of the crowd, the smaller crowd for this, um, to pray with him for Layla. And the lights outside flicker off and Dean sees the Reaper coming for him. Sue Ann has resumed her chanting with the Coptic with the Coptic cross in hand, and Dean. I I don't know. I'm reluctant to say that Dean lets the Reaper take him, but Dean kind of lets the Reaper take him. He does not run the way the jogger or David Wright tried to run. Yeah, he sees it coming and sort of 
goes to his knees. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So Dean is um, being drained by the Reaper in the same way that we saw from his from its other victims while uh, Roy is healing um, Layla away in the in the tent and uh, we're we're also seeing Sue Ann uh, chanting over her mathem and as she is praying to to her pendant Sam comes up behind her snatches it out of her hand and smashes it to the ground yes and as this cross breaks it looks like it spatters some blood onto the rocks beneath it and Sue Ann is very upset about this and inside the tent um, Layla and Roy realize that the healing isn't working and both of them are uncertain why it failed Roy starts calling for Sue Ann, but the Reaper is coming for her. She's a bit busy. <laughs> yes, we see as the pendant is broken that the Reaper is seemingly released from its hold. And uh, again, whatever whatever force that was that Roy was channeling from the Reaper through to Layla... Um, that connection's broken and, and, and all parties immediately realize that something has gone wrong or gone right, yes. you know, depending. <laughs> yeah. And Sue Ann has this moment where she's like, oh my God. And Sam's like, not your God. And Sue oh Ann God. is drained by the Reaper and she collapses dead. The Reaper in turn disappears. Yep. Yep. Oh, I, I hated that line so much, but I'm not going to talk oh, I about know, it. I know, right? Like, <laughs> I realize that this episode has a bunch of judgment going around it. Like, we're just using the term moral, but, like, they have selected uh-huh. who is the paragon of immorality in this verse. And it's just, let's just say, an interesting portrait that we are painting. And, yeah, that was just the little cherry on top of the cake. Yeah. 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 Sam and Dean reunite at the car, and Dean is just like, this has been one hell of a week. (laughs) Yeah, I'm fine. We're fine. Let's go. Yep. I mean, we're back at square one, thankfully, and um, we see them cut to the motel, Dean is moping, trying to believe that they did the right thing. Um, But there's a knock at the door, and lo and behold, it is Layla. Sam called her, saying Dean would want to say goodbye. Yeah. Yeah, because Dean is struggling with, with this very morally gray situation that he was thrown into, honestly. Because mm-hmm. it, it wasn't cut and dry. I mean, it is just the true facts that by stopping this, it, it, it is costing and spending lives. I don't know. It's just, it's just crazy. Anyways. Yeah. Like, 
I think it would be black and white to them had they found out about this and Dean's healing was not present. Yeah. You know, they show up. Okay, this revivalist tent is trading one life for another. We got to stop that. But Dean's feeling that he doesn't deserve it is what's making it into this gray space. Because you can feel he wants to allow someone he views as better than him to have the same opportunities that he had. Yeah. And also, like he said, it's like the whole thing just felt wrong. And he was given the second chance that cost so much and is now just this weighted. Yeah, tainted. And it's now a weight on his shoulder that he wishes he he could he he could cast off and give back yeah. or have never had had well, been part of. Especially because he's someone that, at least at this point in the story, was ready to die. He's like, Yeah, I just drew the short stop. That's the end of that. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of mixed emotions for him coming from this. Yeah. Yeah. Like I said, if it had happened today, if it had happened next month, if it had happened 10 years from now, he would, I mean, it's just what he expected for himself. So. Which I'm like, again, I won't talk about. I won't talk about. Um, So Layla's here. Dean is wondering... You know, how is she doing, considering the way that things played out? You know, Roy doesn't deserve what happened. Sue Ann has died, and Layla didn't get her healing. And Dean says, it must be rough to believe in something so much and to have it disappoint you like that. Right, because she confesses, like, she did go back for a healing, and it just didn't work. And Dean says that yeah it must be tough that your faith didn't pay off but then Layla has to say that faith isn't just about praying for the miracles it's about having the faith even when the miracles don't happen Mm -hmm. she says that she'll tell Dean a secret she's okay with it because she has to accept that this was her lot and that at the end of the day, it's going to be okay. It's just like Dean at the start being like, I drew the short straw and just these two in their parallels against each other. And I know, I know my whole fist. I know. The way that they play off of each other, it resonates so well. And it just really digs into you to see them together and to have to part ways like this. And how, I don't know, it could have just ended here. You know? We decided to kill Dean in episode 12. That's that's the moral of the story. They could have done what they've done before, which is the boys get in the car and they drive away. Yeah. But that's not what we did here. We have this final moment with Layla and the conversation, like you said, the miracles don't always happen and you have to have faith in between. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And she touches his head before she says goodbye. (laughs) It's a very soft moment. And he roughly is 
working his way through a sentence of essentially, I don't pray, I'm not the praying type, but I'll pray for you. And she calls that a miracle right there. It's it's too it's too early to talk about Dean and Faith. It's too early to talk about Dean and Faith. Oh, it's God. too much. It's too much. I don't know. Because, because we're not there yet. I mean, Dean Dean is this is obviously very bittersweet, and we are obviously introducing a fuck ton of very heavy material and and, and heavy concepts that are going to have a lot of wider implications further down the road. Yep. But right now, Dean is just left... He's just left still in this place of hurt where he just sees evil things happening to good people and how is he supposed to have faith in the face of that? Remy, that hurts. <laughs> that was this tiny little stiletto needle <laughs> between the ribs. Fuck. I don't like it, B. I don't like it. I know. Episode 12. I'm gonna, it's going to take a while for me to recover from this one, I will just say. I know. I'm like the mana that was drained to just <laughs> make it through these two hours. <laughs> We're good. We're fine. That's Everything's the, fine. That's the end of the episode. And B, today I'm going to ask you, what was your final takeaway? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> that first little bit where Dean was convinced he was going to die and the whole way he behaved the shrugging it off, the wanting to crawl into a corner and just die without his brother's eyes upon him the wrath that he expresses when he realizes they've gone to a faith healer like something that feels crackpot but it's in this wheelhouse that Dean staunchly refuses to believe in Oh my god, that whole bit before he's healed. And you feel the change in his character. And you start seeing these facades for what they are. And it's like, oh, fuck. That, that's it for me. <laughs> I, 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 will, I will also say that uh, the foundations that we lay with Dean and how personal his rejection of faith feels versus mm-hmm. Sam and his you know belief and his quiet optimism yeah the, the <laughs> quiet optimism just juxtaposing those two things together and like you said reading deeper into into Dean's history and why he feels this way and even being told this episode that that he you know he is the realist that believes what he sees happen in the yes. world and what he sees has n- nothing to it's such a dark tinge to show him that he should have faith yeah, yeah. 
I mean, why? I mean, I, I, it just struck me so much for, for Sam to say, how can you not have faith? And for Dean to say, how can you? Yeah. It, yeah. Yeah. So to get that from Sam and from Dean this episode, I think it was my ultimate takeaway. Yeah. And like, I feel bad for shutting down the opportunity to get into the theology, but that is like a big revelation in this episode too. Like we're introducing the concept of God and if we have demons and all these other supernatural things, do we have the good side of it too? Yes. This is the first time that we're, you know, putting that forward and just to know all that, all that stems from it is, is crazy. Yeah. Yeah. But, but for this episode, I mean, I definitely don't think it was actually intentional, but we, but we could spiral. I mean, we have spiraled, but we could have spiraled so much more. (laughs) Yeah. But I could spiral for days on what, yeah, what all it could possibly Mean. Like this could be a three in the morning and we're still debating and it's nonsensical. <laughs> we're sleep drunk and we would still have shit to talk about. I know. Yeah. Yeah. So all of that and Dean's mm, martyr complex from yeah. this episode. I mean, what what is there not to take away here? <laughs> oh my God. I know. I know. There's so much like... This is an intimidating episode to try and dig into because you know you're going to miss something. I know. Uh, uh. Yeah, but that was season one, episode 12, Faith. Yeah. Hey, another another thing that... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, how do, you, how do you talk about this episode? Because another thing that really struck me with this episode 12 was... Again, how much focus we're putting on Dean as a character, knowing that in season one, uh, Kripke's vision is for Sam to be the main character of the series, our, our, yeah. our, our main protagonist. And what, just look at this episode and how we are just so obviously sliding into Dean as this just insanely complex character. Yeah. The depths that are being offered by you choosing to have him be the one who's going to die this week. Yeah. Oh my god. I I know. I was thinking about that too and it's like the complexity as you said is given more to Dean on this side. Like we are definitely getting some from Sam too because like I said this is the episode where we start laying that foundation of the Winchesters do whatever they need to keep family alive and we're getting that glimmer in Sam but that's not where the focus is ultimately in this episode so you're just like what are you guys thinking like do you realize how much you are stacking the cards towards hey Dean is a very intriguing contradictory character that is working (laughs) i know and it's and it's so 
it's so hard to quantify, but it's still so glaringly just in your face because last week's episode in Scarecrow, we split the party. We had Sam doing his thing and we had a lot of focus on Sam and we had Dean doing his thing. And I would say that the intent of that episode was definitely have more of the focus on Sam, but all it took was that one phone conversation Mm -hmm. where Dean is saying, I, I'm proud of you. And I wish I could have done what you did. Right. And it's just, I mean, maybe it is also just we're sitting here and we're like eldest daughter syndrome is a very real phenomenon that we are relating with more than my secret special boy is mad that his parent figure wants him to be hate. I know. That's so ungenerous, but like I'm thinking of the conversation between Meg and Sam and it was being like to living our own lives. And then we have Dean here being like, I don't deserve to live. (laughs) I feel like one slightly more compelling to me than the other. I think that that is just the way that it is one is much more compelling than the other and i just feel a little weird about it because i know the writer's intent but i'm seeing it just completely derail the train here with every new episode yeah Yeah. And I mean, I'm so grateful for it, but at the same time, you're like, what are you guys doing? Like, did you fall asleep behind the wheel? Or maybe I'm, okay, I'm thinking, you have your main character and you have the storyline that you want them to follow. And by having a future intent for them, you are setting the path upon which they can walk. You know, you're, you can't tread out this way, you can't tread out that way because I need you to get there. Whereas if Dean's the plucky sidekick, you can have him fit these roles more dynamically because it's just, well, what do we need you to be this week? And then the crazy random happenstance that comes from that is, oh, your side characters become infinitely more engaging (laughs) because you've given them the room to play around and surprise you. I think I'm driving with that because like, I'm not hating on Sam here, but the thing of it is is that even here on episode 12 we're having all of these episodes where we're having Dean just become this I don't know how to say this Hold fully on. realized figure no okay that's, that's what I'm feeling I'm like Sam gets psychic powers and Dean gets a personality <laughs> Sam gets psychic powers and Dean gets a personality This is what it is. Every time that we try to shift focus over to the main story, it is starting to feel jarring because the main story is shifting focus to Sam, except that I don't feel like that's where we've been putting in the legwork. Yes. I'm with you, okay? Because... I remember the first time I watched this, I'm like, this show is a little batshit insane for the fact that they're like, we're going to give a bit of plot 
in the 10th episode, in the 11th episode, and then, like, the 17th. I was like, are you fucking kidding me? (laughs) Because that's a lot of time in between that your characters are going around and being characters and they're getting fleshed out. Yeah. And when you aren't working on the plot, when you're doing that fleshing out, you guys are putting your focus on Dean more often than Sam. Yeah. 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 And I just find it insane that we are only on episode 12 and already, like, it felt out of place last episode with Scarecrow that we're like, look, Sam gets his Manic Pixie Dream Girl. I'm like, who's? <laughs> but it was also like, oh my god, finally we're getting some plot, we're getting some lore, we're getting nuggets of something. Uh-huh. And again, that's the testament to what you're saying of it feels out of place. Because when you're looking at the pattern, this is the blip, you know? These other episodes have been the through line. Yeah, yeah. So when your plot episodes feel like the blip, it's just, what are you doing? Kripke. Kripke. Oh, Kripke. Okay. So, Mm. that had nothing to do with anything other than my own feelings. Also, this episode made me really salty at the... um, grayscale season one you know filter that they put on everything i swear to god when they cut to that security camera in the tent i was like this was black and white (laughs) (laughs) in the very last scene where uh dean is in that horrible khaki overshirt and thank you thank you because (laughs) i looked at that and i was like how do i say disgusting without saying disgusting i was like this detestable shirt how are you going to have an episode where you put Dean in his signature maroon and also have that horrible khaki? The man has layers. He has complexity. <laughs> well, anyways, so so Layla was in like a jean jacket and she had this pink undershirt on that... It took my third watch of the episode to be like, oh, that's a pink shirt. That's not, like, some weird white gray that... Mm -hmm. (laughs) Oh, boy. Season one gray filter versus season 15 orange filter fight. (laughs) I'll take... I'll take season four through seven. Yeah. When they just changed over to digital. Uh-huh. I don't know. I kind of miss the early season graininess. It's fun. You can feel the media. Anyways. Season 1, episode 12, Faith. (laughs) Faith. We're not done, but the episode sure is. I can't. I can't. I cannot. So we hope you guys enjoyed this, and we hope to see you next week for episode 13, Route 666. AKA the racist truck episode. And I fucking watched this episode and then Netflix is like, you want to watch the next episode? Route 666? One punch after another, B. I know. And like the introduction of Buck Lemming and I'm just like, oh my God. It begins. <laughs> oh my God. Okay. Okay. Guys, I, I we really do hope that you have enjoyed are panicking <laughs> for the past two hours. I mean, 
it doesn't end, but the episode has to end at a certain point. So here's what you got. <laughs> if we've missed something, if you want to elaborate on your own ideas, we would love you for it. Because clearly we adore this episode and all of its implications. And you can reach out to us on social media. We're on Twitter. We're on Tumblr. We have an email. And five-star reviews. Any reviews. Written reviews. They are all welcome, too. <laughs> yes, yes, and yes. Thank you, guys. We will see you next week. See you guys. Bye. Bye. Bye.